This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ah, there you are, traveler. Come inside, hang up your coat, put your feet by the fire, and I shall bring you what you so desperately seek. Rude tales of magic. Welcome back to Rude Tales of Magic. When we last left off, our heroes were in the middle of the damn sky. And that's all you get for the fucking recap. This is like episode 30 or some shit. Why would you start listening here? Don't like it? Keep scrolling, dork. Our podcast, our rules. Cast. You continue your journey into the sky, sailing higher and higher into that great blue yonder. At the exact same spot in the air, all of you are hit with a wave of physical lightness. It's like your soul took a shit. Obviously, it's up to you how you feel about it. I'm just reporting the news. But Cordelia, before you have any time to process this, time freezes. Surfry's head, Linda Blair's around to face you. Oh, fuck! No, 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 never mind, never mind! Surfry's head snaps back to neutral as Bellow's head turns towards you. Okay, there we go, that's more like it! Oh, whoa! Hi! Oh my god, we're so high up! Oh my god, this is actually really scary! Hi, Cheddar! Hey, how's it going? Oh yeah, you know, you're stuck up! Oh my god, whoa, holy fuck! What's going on? Yeah, uh, we're catapulting uh, into, um, out of, um, a rule shaven. And we're gonna go break the bell. Oh, shut, shut. You just violated the air rights. I understand. So you're out of the city limits, but above. I kind of followed it. I don't know, man. Sure. Yeah. Fucking irrelevant. Just go with it. Yeah. Dude. Oh, so you're, you're saying that you can, that's why you can visit me? Yeah, cause you're out of the city. Congrats on leaving the city. Oh, okay, cool. Can I trust you? I mean, I think so. Yeah. Do you trust me? I don't, I do, yeah. Okay, okay, great, what's the fuck, can I trust you? Yeah. Okay, bada big, bada boom, what's the fucking convo about? I don't know, it's just, a, I don't know, I'm just curious. It seemed like a good thing to ask. I mean, look, you can trust me, but what am I gonna fucking say, you can't trust me? Come on. Maybe, you seem like Think the type of guy head. who would shoot straight, but that's why I trust you. Well, good, then it's good that you trust me. Okay. So you're out of the city. Just stay out of the city. Don't go back in there now. And I can't tell you why. Wait, Cheddar, I'm, I have to. I'm falling. I'm going to fall down when this is done. Okay, well, then try to leave again. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, uh, but, okay, what is it? For the, What's there? Can, for a very what? specific and concrete reason, I can't tell you anything more than that, but I'm trying to help you out here, okay? Blink if it's the witch hunter. Um, I can't do that. Oh. But I... Uh, okay, just infer from the all the ellipses after every word I'm saying. Okay. So it's a yes. I didn't say that! I didn't say it was a yes! Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God! We're so high in the air! Yeah, good luck! And he disappears. Ah! As you begin 
your descent back down. You crest in the air. And all, all, you're all here. You're all awake now. Uh, you weren't asleep. You know what I'm saying, though. Uh, uh, you, you, there's, there's a moment of weightlessness in the air before you all begin your descent back down into Rules Haven. At the same spot in the air, you feel that, that sort of heaviness hit you again. Ah, we're falling! I mean, oh, we're falling. <sighs> Uh, Cordelia's trying to, like, lay flat so that her body sort of, uh, the wind is, like, hits her body and she slows down, and her mouth is just doing that, like, lip, uh, like, full of air and, uh, lip bubbling thing. <laughs> sure, sure, we all know the thing. Can we just get some Foley to really drive it home? Perfect. Uh, Stir-Fry is extending his arms out, feeling that wind flow through him like he has so longed for, and he's and out of his mouth bursts the song. Hey! 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 Yeah, baby! I'm flying! DeBonesby is feeling very confident in the magic that uh, we've all uh, endured to get this far. He feels like he can't see the bell, but he feels good that we're, we're going down there. And um, But just in case, he sort of mentally prepares to uh, pull a misty step off last second if it looks like he's going to miss so he can maybe realize. Featherfall uh, affects all of you as you begin your descent now, and your fall is slowed. Uh, you move from terminal velocity into safe velocity. You are falling down towards the bell tower, and uh, rules haven the city. You can see all of the outlines of the city, and the city rushes towards you. You are falling at about half the speed that you would be falling, which is to say you are still falling very, very quickly. But still, you're in you're in the safety zone. As you start falling uh, down towards the city, the city begins to grow and grow and grow. Although, perspective fans will understand that the city is actually <laughs> staying the same size. You're just getting closer to it. And uh, the, you, can, you can begin to make out details on the uh, the bell tower itself. You can see that it is, uh, it's steepled and it has red shingled roofs. Uh, those, uh, those become ex- extremely clear to you as you crash down into the bell tower. You land down on a large wooden platform inside of the bell tower. Since I believe I said this was 100 Cordelia's tall, that would put you at about 800 feet above street level, give or take a Cordelia. The smell of sawdust and guano mixed to create an odor that the poet limited edition Yennefer once described as so, so bad. The platform extends out from the walls 10 feet and wraps around them, creating a balcony that looks down on the cavernous 800-foot internal drop. A rickety wooden staircase leads all the way down to ground level, stopping to catch its wooden breath in larger platforms every 10 stories or so. Ropes hang down, connecting to a system of pulleys to allow four movable narrow platforms. Large stained glass murals, 1.5 Cordelia's tall, that's 12 feet, idiot, filter the bright (laughs) mid-morning sun into a kaleidoscope of colors and hues. Dario Argento would call the lighting in here normal. That's how fucked up the lighting is. Hanging in the very center of it all, at the top, is an enormous bronze bell. Covered in moss and vines and, if I may editorialize, unfortunately large spider webs. 
This ding-dong beauty stands two stories tall. It hangs from the ceiling, suspended in the air, looking out through the four large open-air windows, each more 20 feet tall than the last, down at the city of Ruleshaven. The bell hangs an easy 20, maybe 25 feet from the platforms. And just as a reminder, because I talked a lot here, that's an 800-foot drop beneath the bell. Felt relevant. Well done. A perfect plan. Nearly perfectly executed. Okay, I'm looking for like a rope or something or a chain. Sure. Some uh, ropes do hang down from the the wooden platform, and they are connected to these sort of like window-washing wooden platforms. But nothing that looks like it is attached to the bell? The bell itself hangs from like uh, uh, wooden support beams at the very ceiling. So there is nothing to gong the bell with. We'd have to improvise that, basically. You would have to improvise that, yes. They did not, this bell, keep in mind, this bell that they do not want rung, they did not set up a gong to help you gong it. Bello is going to take out his quarterstaff and holding it in both hands, uh, he speaks some ancient druidic incantations and charges it with um, mystical energy, uh, powering it with the magic of shillelagh. Joe, can we hear those incantations? I gotta know. Uh, this is all. This is all translated from druidic. Right, 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 right. For, right. Mm, leaves and woods and nuts and trees. Leaves and woods and nuts and trees. Yeah, badass. That druidic magic wells up in your staff, thickening it like a tree root growing in time-lapse. It's thicker now. Stronger. Strong enough to ring a bell? Eh, you tell me. The bell itself is, uh, it's probably about ten feet off, like, what, like, this ground level that you're sort of at, suspended in the air. It's about ten feet up from that, and it's another 20, 25 feet in, like, away from the platforms. Because I can, like, I can, I could cast jump on myself and jump over there and hit it, but then it feels like a long way down. You'd have to slide down the curve of the bell, I think, and someone would catch you? Slide down the curve of the bell and someone will catch me. Slide down the curve of the bell and someone will catch him. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Okay. Bello is going to cast... Jump on himself. Yeah, dude, cool. So the quarterstaff flashes with green light and it seems to be uh, buzzing with newfound energy. Uh, as he does this, Bellow uh, places a hand on his chest, uh, imbuing him with the power of jump. Same thing that happened to your staff happens to your legs. Your thigh muscles are raring to go. Hubba hubba. He's going to turn to the group and say, All right, is someone ready to catch me? Yeah. Cordelia. Yeah. Oh, uh, Cordelia? Yes. He suddenly uh, begins to bounce back and forth from foot to foot, feeling that that newfound springiness, that new hang time. Jeffrey is seeing him go from foot to foot, and like a coach, he's like, yeah, come on, man, you got this, you got this, come on, bro, you got this. I'm just going to hit that bell. I'm just going to hit that bell. Ring that bell? Allie puts her hands on both their shoulders, one on Jeffrey's, one on Bellows, and she's like, hang on a second. She's squinting Uh at the bell. Do we think that the force of the sound from a bell this large is gonna like knock us off the tower yeah i'm gonna hit it really hard so probably yeah, it's gonna hit it really hard i'm gonna hit it so hard it's gonna like take the whole tower down it's gonna be like it's gonna be like ding whoa 
it's gonna be like ding dong. Yeah, it's gonna like you're gonna like see the sound waves. Yeah, oh, it's gonna be like bong bong bong. It's gonna be so. Everyone's cool. hair is gonna be blown back. Yeah, we'll be like whoa. Let's make sure that we're braced against a wall so that we're not, you know, knocked loose when this bell goes off. That's really smart, Albie. We just shot ourselves into space and survived. Do it, Belotheon! Free us from this law town! Yeah! Yeah! Yeah, Bellow! Yeah, Frederick! Let's do it! But but the Bonesby does brace himself against Stifford the wall. does not brace himself. As he said this. Cord, are you going to be ready to catch me? You got those long arms. Yeah, man, they're all yours. Just get up there and hit this thing. Bellow feels the magical energy from his toes to his heels and all the way up his legs, and he focuses that energy and he takes a running leap and with all of his might jumps off the platform and heads straight for the bell with that big old shillelagh. And you land on it. You've done it. There is, uh, there's moss. So I, I tell you, Bello, now that you're close to it, this thing is almost entirely covered in moss. Uh, and large vines hang down from the bottom of it. There are uh, thick cobwebs on this bell as well. Uh, but you can see that the brasswork is uh, beautiful and intricate. Somebody should have cleaned this bell at some point. <laughs> nice one. Nice. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> Bello, hit it! Say no more. And Bellow's going to lift up that shillelagh and take a big, old swing. All right, so this is going to be a tough hit. Uh, You're on strange, unfamiliar terrain. Debris, moss, cobwebs everywhere. Roll for it. That's going to be a 15. Bellow. You hit the bell! You strike it with the shillelagh and you feel the vibrations of the, uh, of the strike move through your arms! But what's this? The sound is muffled. The faintest, dullest ring escapes from the bell. If you yourself weren't right next to it and paying attention, you'd never hear it. And yet, the anemic sound waves travel out a single city block and knock something loose in an old woman's brain. A wry smile crosses her face as she steps out into the street. She'd always wanted to try jaywalking. And today she's doing it. She's walking Jay. The bell does not ring out in the way that bells are known to do. Instead, the sound is muffled. There seems to be something on the inside of the bell itself, dampening and muffling the sounds. You hear from within the bell a horrible shrieking sound, amplified many times over by the bell itself. It makes a sound we in the podcast business call Editor's Delight. (laughs) 
A large, gnarled finger extends out from under the lip of the bell, wrapping around the exterior. Then another. These fingers, so fucked up, I hate these fingers. Too long! A thin membrane of skin, full of what looks to be more veins than anybody could possibly need, connects each finger. You realize that these aren't hands, they're wings. But also they're hands, it's both! The kind of head you only see in practical effects heavy horror from the 70s and 80s follows. Bulbous, Peter Lorre eyes, the consistency of spoiled milk, look out blankly. You sort of get the picture that this is an enormous humanoid bat. As you take in the huge fucked up ears and the mess of nose that looks like it was designed by the same guy, they got to do certain pigeon's feet. If you know, you know. (laughs) The bat crawls out of the bell and across its mossy surface like a squirrel. It opens its mouth wider than is polite and emits a clicking sound. Before turning its head to you. Hey, I'm Bello. Greetings, Bello! I am Regina Dentata! <laughs> No, you guys will all get this right away. This bat is about, uh, I put it at 6'10". It's not quite breaking seven feet. And that's a, maybe it's a source of, but it's it's at 6'10". Very large creature, very muscular. Its arms are wings. And its long, ratty hair is tied up in a ponytail. Regina, I... I just want to say, I just want to lead with an apology. I did not realize you were, like, napping in this bell. Yes, you've entered my home! What a... What a rude entrance me and my friends have made. I feel, uh, really, I feel, I feel dumb. I feel dumb. And that's, that's rare for me. This creature takes a, uh, she takes a swing at you, Bellow. Missing you narrowly, but you feel the, almost the breeze generated. And you can tell this is serious shit. The moment Stirfry sees a swipe at his boy Bellow, he in- instantly and instinctually grabs his crossbow, pointing it at the bat and firing. Sure, make an attack roll. So that's a 19. It sails through the air. You sneak attack here. And you got a 19. You hit this motherfucker. You, In fact, you tell me. Where do you hit her? I go right into that hand that was trying to attack my boy. Great. So this hand, uh, it takes a swipe. At Bellow, and you uh, you cut through the palm. This just gonna go move clear through the palm. Stigmata's right through the palm as uh, uh, it's gonna sail right through that thing. The creature is going to uh, Regina. We know we know her name. She uh, she shrieks. She sticks her head up into the air and she shrieks uh, and she makes a series of uh, of loud clicking noises. And she turns her. Uh, her milky eyes to you. You can tell she doesn't visually see you, but she knows exactly where you are and what dimensions you are. Uh, she's going to leap from the bell. Regina Dettata lands on the platform with a thud. You feel the platform, the boards creaking underneath you. She unhinges her jaw and she makes a series of very loud clicks, echolocating each and every one of you. Bello, it's your turn. Bello looks at her and sees her advancing on Stirfry and says, you are ruining the mood! And a wave of a wave of cool vibes shoot out from him, and seemingly from out of frame, a mini golf putter comes streaking <laughs> through the sky, hitting her in the back. 
That's a, the camera moves abruptly, and uh, we see the boom for just a second there as they they adjust. Nobody knows where that. Not even the crew knows where that mini golf putter came from. It just came from off screen, and it flies towards her and hits her in the back. Roll for damage. Ten. Ten. Okay. Not so bad. The mini golf, uh, the putter, it flies. It hits her right in the spine, but it hits her long ways. So it's sort of, uh, you know, it, it's not as focused an attack as you would want. Still, ten damage. That's not nothing. Hits her, and she stands up tall, and she screeches. Now the next attack on her has advantage. But who will it be? All eyes turn to Albie. Albie, it's your turn. Albie tucks, rolls, and as she's unfurling, she rips her greatsword off of her back and brings it slashing across the bat. Badass! Make an attack roll! Uh, it's a 17 to hit. That's gonna hit. Doing five slashing damage. Where on the bat do you slash? Um, across the front of the bat, so like... Shoulder to rib cage. Oh, badass! That's a ooh, that's a real. That's gonna leave a mark. Uh, but for five damage, that mark might heal later. Luckily, though, it's not later. It's right now. In blood, hot, spoiled blood uh, pours out of the the bat's chest. Not at the speed you'd like, which is really really fast. But it, it, some of them, some of it comes out. You've cut this bat. The bat shrieks. It's now Cordelia's turn. Okay, Cordelia's on the on the bell side of the platform, and she takes a step forward. She takes a step forward to Regina. She shrugs her jacket off. She double taps Ooh. her on the shoulder, and she punches her in the face. Yo, make an attack roll. Fifteen. Yeah, it hits. <laughs> One damage. <laughs> you punch her hard in the face, and a, a grim realization dawns on you that she's got a tough face. You punch her in a nose that looks like it was already punched by God, and very little happens to her. That is a, a fucking brick of a face. That is a thick skull greets you, and you, for if you're going to do one damage there, you do hit her, you also take one damage to the hand there. It don't feel good. Ow! What? It's not the end of the world, but a paper cut is one damage. That'll fuck a minute up of your life. Uh, so your hand hurts a little. You've punched it. A tough face. You've done it, though. It is now uh, Frederick de Bonesby's turn. All right. You're a rather large customer with some pretty big claws. Let's bring you down to size. And he pulls out a pinch of iron powder and wiggles his fingers into the incantations to magically reduce the bat creature. And he flicks the pinch of oh, new iron dust from my new component patch. I love it. Shrink, you monster, shrink. It is, it hits it. The the iron dust hits this creature, Regina Dentata. It hits her, and with a, with a, a horrible bone-crunching churn, this is, uh, uh, Cronenberg's listening, and he, he weeps, he wishes. Uh, this creature's <laughs> bones re-knit themselves, and it shrinks, uh, it, it's agony. It is agonizing for this creature. It does no damage, but it feels so bad as its bones re-knit themselves. And it goes through... You ever been through, uh, uh, like, a hundred goat growth spurts in a year? This is that again, but it's the opposite. And it's just as painful. Uh, oh, it's worse. It's worse. And it shrinks to uh, half of its original size. So it's now three and a half feet tall. I am Regina Dentata! <laughs> yes, shrink before my powers. <laughs> Whoa, De Bones, we made her lil. Yes, and now, uh, you know, those claws aren't quite so nasty. Ring the bell again. Give us that thing, Dong Drop. I'll take care of this thing myself. 
he takes out the knife, holding it with the blade down, badass style, and run to- runs towards her like a dang cartoon and jumps, slicing at her side and tries to slice right at the side and then tumble on the uh, tumble behind her. I'm gonna roll my dice. Fuck. Um, that is. <laughs> oh no, that hits. That hits. Nine damage. Stir-fry, you cut her, and blood goes flying. She was not done shrinking. Her blood was still big, and a lot of it flies (laughs) out of her. Big time. Uh, She shrieks. You guys are fucking her up. Uh, Stir-fry lands behind her, face his knife still behind him, as if to strike again. But instead, he opens his beak and mimics the echolocation sound that she had tried before. Not that scream, the echolocation that helped her get a bearing of the situation. And he blasts it as loud as he can behind her. Great! In doing that, you have aided her echolocation and you have uh, alerted her to your new position. Oh no, I- oh shit! <laughs> Fuck, I was trying to- Just think through what that would have actually done. It uh, alerted her to, uh, cause what, what you do, you echolocate, you make the sound, and it creates a sonic, uh, uh, a sonic landscape for the bat to be able to navigate. And what you've done is you've sort of just opened up new corners to her. Excellent work, congratulations. If your goal was to help the enemy, which I doubt it was, in which case, you <laughs> fucked up. Alright, it is now oh, Regina Dentata's turn. Damn she- it. She's angry, and she knows exactly where you are. She's been cut, and she lost a lot of her big blood. She's going to turn around, and uh, uh, instinctively, she is going to make an attack roll on you. That's a 17. That hits, yeah. That hits. Uh, and she's going she's gonna to reach out, and she's going to bite at It's going to do 12 damage. Stir-fry! Bellow, hit the bell! Bellow, it's your turn. What is it going to be? Bellow's going to turn to Stirfry and yell, Okay! And Bellow's going to take another swing at that bell. Fantastic. Make an attack roll on the bell. That would be a critical hit. <gasps> critical hit! So you do double Ooh! damage. Seven damage on this bell. 14 damage because it's critical hit. You hit the bell. It is that same muffled sound, but you notice this time when you hit the bell, you hit The bell is hit again. The sound is dim and doesn't travel far, but it does make it through an open window in an elementary school classroom. A troubled boy in a forward-facing hat sits in the back of the class. He watches in frustration as a blonde classmate raises his hand to remind the teacher she forgot to assign homework. The kid feels something ancient, a birthright he never knew was his stir within him. Cram it, nerd! The words fall out on their own. Every eye in the classroom looks to him. Suddenly the classroom bursts into laughter and applause. The boy's hat turns itself backwards. He's on top of the world. He feels a faint heat in his fingertips. He's finally home. Of, uh, of moss and stick and vine and spit. They're all connected in spit. I, who, yeah, that's why. And they all fall <laughs> out of the bottom of the bell. Those little bits of nest fall out of the bell, and you realize that was what was insulating the bell, this internal nest. Probably one more good hit, Sturf, and then we'll be at bell time. Albie, your turn. Go for it. Albie turns to Cordelia and, like, nods at her, like, as if they've done this maneuver a hundred times before, and she starts running towards Cordelia and jumps into her arms. Cordelia, um, holds her. <laughs> Throw me! <laughs> oh, 
Okay, Cordelia swings around um, and launches her towards the bell. Cordelia, can you just make a strength roll for me? Yeah, I got a nine. Nine. So nine is not going to be especially great uh, for a nine. See, what happens with a nine is you've interrupted the momentum. Ideally, yeah. Albie wanted to jump into your arms and you would just use that momentum to swing her around like a shot put. Instead, you halted just to hold her. It was a tender moment, but it was a fucked up moment for the physics of this throw. And so you don't throw her quite as well as you would have. Albie, I'm going to need you to make a dexterity roll to see if you're able to grab onto the side of that bell that you almost miss. Fuck. God. It's all going to come down to this dexterity roll. What's it going to be? Uh, it is a 19, unnaturally. 19, but it's unnatural, which unfortunately means that you do it anyway. I just wanted you to die. I'm fucked up. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Britton, you freak. Eat shit. You just made it. You're on the lip of the bell. LB. Bello, Bello is hanging near near the top of the bell, but he he, as he sees Albie hanging, he's gonna try and like slide down as much as he can, and 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 stretching as far as he can, he's gonna try and reach out a hand to grab onto Albie and pull her up. We're talking a controlled slide. If you've seen Disney's Tarzan, it's that kind of. He surfs <laughs> along the the outside edge of the bell. Uh, his hand is close enough to Albie. What are you gonna do? You can see the hand. What's it gonna be? Albie, um, sort of just feeling a rush of adrenaline and fear, channels the winds swirling around her to try and give herself an extra boost upwards by casting Gust of Wind. You cast Gust of Wind. It moves you upwards. Uh, you connect with Bello's hand. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, Bello. I've got you. And Bello's gonna pull her up. Great, Bello. Uh, so you you pull her up, and as you do that, remember you are on the edge of a, a large brass bell. There is moss. You are able to get your hand into the. Uh, there's carvings under this bell. There's words carved into this bell. You're able to get your hand into the divot, but it's it's not. Uh, that's not firm purchase there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, this is a very tenuous grasp that you've got on the bell here. I want you guys to remember: 800 foot drop below you. You're two 20 year olds on the edge of a bell here. Uh, this is uh, swim at your own risk. Okay. Yeah. It is now Cordelia's turn. Okay, when Cordelia threw Albie, she immediately turned and didn't see whether or not Albie made it, assuming that her strength carried her over. Sure. Um, and when Cordelia turned around, she dove at the at Regina's midsection. Nice. To tackle her to the ground. You are much bigger than Regina. Make an attack roll. 17. I hit. Cordelia launches at Regina, grabs her... Grabs tiny Regina around the midsection and slams her on the ground. Um, she's pinning Regina's wings to her back. She's got her full weight pressed down on her. Fantastic. Now, as a, a, an automatic reaction from that, you do. You pin her to the ground. Your strength, uh, I've already I've, I've taken the liberty of matching your strength against her strength right now. It's no match. You've got her. You've got her on the ground. Mm. You've entered her space now. She mm-hmm. unhinges her jaw and she's going to, I'm sorry, she's going to kiss me. Acid vomit. Oh, oh. <laughs> Not quite a kiss. In some cultures, uh, this is considered, and uh, she unhinges her jaw, and out from within her, you hear a gurgling, and she just vomits all of this, like, this glowing acid vomit uh, all over you. However, Cordelia, oh. because you have this tough skin now, mm-hmm. the vomit rolls off of you like oil off a duck's back, or uh, sorry, like water off a duck. Not the oil, the oil is what makes it happen. Like water off of a duck's back. 
Ugh. It just rolls off of you and you are, uh, you don't even need to towel off, you're fine. It just, but what happens is uh, that vomit, it does, it, it trills right off of you and some of it hits the wooden platform and eats right through the pl wooden platform, making the wooden platform itself less stable. You hear an eerie creaking sound reminding you that there is, again, 800 feet beneath you. Branson. There's you and this wooden platform and then 800 feet. What's up? Branson, what about my new suit? What about your new suit? I'm wearing it. Did the acid hit it? A little bit. No. A little bit on the lapel. Okay, Cordelia's Shit. holding her on the ground and she says, in bat, I just got this suit. And then Regina, in bat, is going to respond to you. You speak bat? <laughs> yeah, I speak bat. Come on. That was rude. Well, then speak this. Go to heck. Ugh. Probably will someday. But right now... We have to break the rules here. Speaking of right now, it's the Bonesby's turn. Sleep, Pat, sleep. And he casts the dust from his pouch across the bat's eyelids. The sands of sleep hit Regina, who shrieks at you and says, I thought you want to go to bed! Well, I tried. I tried to do things the peaceful way. All eyes turn to stir fry. Stirfry is reeling from that last attack, but still rushes over behind Cortelia, jumps on her head, and then brings that butcher knife right down onto the bat's forehead. Fantastic. Make an attack roll with advantage. Ooh. Cordelia, by the way, you take two damage. Oh, come yeah. on. Oh, it's so funny when Hot Roddy does it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, that hits. Seven damage. From up on the top rope, uh, 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 Stir Fry, you, you slam that uh, that knife down onto Regina's forehead. Here's the thing, though. Regina's forehead, we've already established, tough as hell. Your knife does a lot of damage, but it's it, it's superficial damage. Uh, so there's a lot of... You, you hit your head, there's a lot of blood. If you get blood there, it's just... That's cranial blood. That's just how it happens. However, the actual structural damage that you've done to her is minimal. You hit her right in the center of the forehead, and it bleeds a lot, and she looks at you with hate in her ears. Because that's how she uses eyes. Stirfry pulls his his butcher knife back up and then rolls, disengaging towards DeBonesby. Fuck yeah! We're entering a new season of Root Tales where Tim knows how rogue stuff works. <laughs> the rogue can disengage, hide, or, if I can double check, dash. Oh! You ain't heard D&D podcasting till you've heard Tim Dash. All right. Uh, it's Regina Dentata's turn. She is still pinned uh, by Cordelia. Uh, she's going to struggle now to get out of this grapple that you've got her in. I got a 11. She got a 15. Look. I don't want to go to bed. I am Regina Dentata. She rolls out and she gets out. She has, she's, she's grappled away from you, but she's still got some barf in the chamber there. And it, it comes out of her neck. And hot vomit uh, goes all over the wooden platform, and it begins to eat away at the wooden platform. You hear a horrible <sighs> groaning as the platform begins to fall out uh, uh, from under you. Uh, uh, okay, let's get on the bell. Speaking of bells, it's Bellow's turn. Hey, Albie, are you okay? I think so. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Hey, uh, let's ring this bell. Okay. Bellow's going to try and strike the bell again. Are we still, where are we? You're still on the bed. You're still, he's hanging on to uh, a word, probably the word rule. The, the bottom of a U of the word rule. Uh, his little fingers are in that engraving. Okay. His little thing, his normal sized fingers. Uh, Bellow's <laughs> going to use his free hand, holding his quarterstaff, and try and strike the bell one more time. Fantastic. Make an attack roll. 17. 
Whoa. hit it. Roll for damage. Uh, three. Many blocks to the east of here, at the intersection of manners and obedience, two upper-middle-class merchants find themselves at an impasse. Lestimony Greed, the tallest man in his family, is scolding Hans Christian Pumpensuck, Ruleshaven's oldest unmarried merchant. As we cautiously, coyly close in, we can hear that Lestimony is quite worked up. Hans Christian, I'm at my wit's end with you. Every day at the strike of noon, you come round to my cigarette description store and attempt to rope me into another of your conversations idle. Were I not to know any better, I'd think myself the protagonist of a fable. It's moral quite unclear. Tell me now, why is it that you style your noons in such a fashion? Hans Christian wipes the sweat from his brow, not used to such a question. I... I merely assumed, he stammers before Lestimony, forgetting himself, for one fatal moment cuts in. Well, by assuming, you have made an ass out of you, M.E. <gasps> the entire intersection goes silent. Lestimony puts his hand on his mouth, but it's too late. A mother pulls her child away, trying to shield its eyes from the coming blast of guts and blood. But nothing happens. The moment hangs in the air. Lestimony looks around in confusion. Uh, uh, ass. Ass. Lestimony smiles deviously. Hans Christian, my friend. It's high time I told you what I really think of you. Hans Christian gulps. There's a little, it's a little dingy, little dingaling. It does shake loose even more nest. Little bits of, of twigs and spit and bat eggs. Yeah, fucking go with it. Uh, in this world, they lay eggs. Uh, fall out of the, fall out of the bell. You hear the very, very, very faint and dim sound uh, you've just hit, it's just, it's like you, uh, you bumped a tuning fork. It is just a little bit, you hear a little ding of the bell. And, uh, Regina's ears perk up. As she says, uh, she says, What the fuck was that? <gasps> she takes no damage. Really? Yeah. Fuck yeah! One of the rules have been lo- knocked loose. Coincidentally, the rule I had the toughest time with as a DM, it has been knocked loose. <laughs> Albie, we're fucking doing it. We are! Albie gets a nosebleed. <laughs> a little drop of blood falls 800 feet to the ground. Albie is going to uh, grab the greatsword uh, off of her back and try to, like, ram the hilt of it into the side of the bell. Make an attack roll on that bell! Oh, it's a 12. A 12 is going to hit the bell. Six total damage. The camera flies across the roofs of Ruleshaven, and we see two city guards handle a large sword as they collect it for evidence at the crime scene of Ulcer Anatomy's store. As one drops the sword, cutting the other in twain, he looks back in horror at what he's done and drops to his knees 
as he realizes he's just committed murder and will soon explode. But nothing happens. He begins crying as his co-workers decide how to arrest him. We zip back to the top of the bell tower in the belfry. It's going to be Cordelia's turn. Okay, uh, because the platform that they're on is, has acid and is uh, unstable, yes. she is she's going to make a break for the bell. Sure. Um, so she runs to the edge of the platform and jumps over to the bell. Make an athletics check for me. 15. For a 15? I'll tell you what happens for a 15. You jump out into the air, fully extended, as you reach for the bell, but you don't get the bell. It's too far, and you didn't jump hard enough. You come within inches of it, but you fall short. And you just manage to grab a long, dark green vine hanging down from the inside of the bell. Ah! Ah! There's a vine hanging out from the bottom of inside of the bell. You're hanging onto that vine. The vine connects up to very dark. You can't see what's up there. It's very dark. And there seems to be more nest up there. Oh, Branson. I've got devil's sight, baby. <laughs> okay, then you can see that it's a nest. You can see that Regina Dentata really made that nest a home. There's Ooh. a poster up that says, Bats rule. There is uh <laughs> There's also uh, what there's there's seems to be it seems to be you can fucking see it you got devil sight there yeah. is a large uh, spider not great Dane sized not one of those uh, but I would put it at Dalmatian sized uh, <laughs> there's, there's a pretty big spider up there and it is uh, it is hanging onto the inside of that bell and is clinging on for dear life it looks more afraid of you than you are of it oh um okay uh, th- then it. The moment that I see it, I lock eyes with it, uh, lock eyes with one set of its eyes, and I say, we're cool in spider. To you, the spider is going to say, uh, what is happening? We're trying to break the bell. You might want to find another spot for a little bit. Uh, The spider is going to tip its cap. Oh, it's wearing a cap, tips its cap to you, scurries out along the other side, uh, out from inside of the bell along the edge of it. Uh, farewell. Uh, it, it just, like, sticks its ass up into the air and just shoots webs. And just, like, Spider-Man's away. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> this one can do it. By the way, that was a, a potential foe. You defused it. Aw, cool. The Bones B, you and Stir Fry are on a, uh, a, 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 a platform which is losing its uh, stability quickly. Well, then, let us find better purchase. Uh, I'm going to go down the stairs a bit, um, and I assume this will also let me see up into the bell a little bit. Yes, as you uh, yes, as you run down the stairs, you can see up into the bell, and you can see Cordelia hanging on to one of the vines in there. She's waving at you. Cordelia, if you could get out of the bell, I could send a cloud of daggers to clear it out and make it ring true. Okay, let me uh, let me figure out a way down. Of course. I'm telling you because I'm concerned for your safety. Stirfry, it's your turn now. Stirfry has followed the bones to that lower point on the platform. He takes out his crossbow, now aims it, narrowing his little eyes right at to the bat, firing. And let's see what this does. That I get 11 on the dot. That's going to hit. Poking hands! That's what Stirfry does with his crossbow. Any hand that comes by him that hurts his friend, it's going to be poked right through. And that's a Tim Platt promise. 
So, Tim Platt, good to his word, uh, shoots this arrow right at Regina's other hand. However, for just the 11, I'm gonna make something interesting happen here. She catches it in her hand in a badass way. Tip of it hits the palm of her hand. She just takes the pain. It's wedged into her hand, not enough to fly all the way through. And she just slowly moves her hand uh, around it, crushing uh, the crossbow. She's gonna lick the blood off of her hand and she's gonna spit at the ground. I am Regina Tatata! And she's going to, it's her turn now, she's going to throw her body at you. Remember, she's got wings. She can glide down towards you. She doesn't hit you exactly. This isn't dead on. Because she's got a hole in one palm and a a wound on the other, her accuracy is not quite what she wants it. And instead of hitting you uh, the top of your body like she's going for, she gets a little lower. And because she's she's not used to being smaller, she sort of takes you out in the knees. For what it could have been, you dodged a bit of a bullet here. She's going to do seven damage. Ah! Damn, you are alluring! She's going to say, I could say the same to you! <laughs> Ring the bell, friends! <laughs> Bello, it's your turn. What are you going to do? What's it going to be? Bello looks at Sturfry and says, Okay, Sturf. Nice. He's, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. For doing it this many times in a row, I'm going to have you make a, uh, a, a an athletics check to see if you can okay. still still hold on to this uh, this this little groove in the bell. Is this the sort of thing, especially because Bello and I go right after each other, like, could we try to team up and do our turn at the same time? No rule in the rule book that says you can't unless there is, and I don't care. Bello, what if we try together? What? Two friends connect and ring a bell together? It could never... It could work. It's worth a shot. Bello is going to hold out his quarterstaff to Albie. Grab onto my stick and we'll strike it together. Oh, man. (laughs) She's gonna do. She's gonna do it. The uh, this moment is not lost on her, but Albie grabs the stick and she gets ready to really pummel this bell. Fantastic. So what I'm gonna have happen here? You're gonna both make attack rolls. Great. I got a twenty-one. Good, cause I got a nine. Bello, I do need you to still make that athletics check to see if you can hold on. You are just your hand is in the groove of a letter. That is not a firm purchase here. Eleven. Eleven. So. Something fucking interesting is about to happen. Let's say, uh, you ever heard the term mixed success? Uh, It's not as powerful a hit as you want it to be. You can both hear some sound, but the bell isn't quite there yet. It's close. Oh, baby, it's so close. This bell, if it had sweat glands, it would be sweating right now. You're edging this bell. and Oh, it's about to fucking pop. It's been quiet for centuries, and here you come, teasing it, building it up for the big one, but it's still, it's too full of debris and vines and nest, which are all just dampening the sound. The vibration of your hit just barely travels out into Rulesaven. We follow the sound waves out into the town where they become too faint for the naked ear. A man with, unbeknownst to him, the world's most accurately placed center part, has come to a natural stopping point in his book about virtuous bankers. He looks around for a bookmark. Nothing. He gulps. And, overcome with a strange sensation, he dog-ears his page. He panics, and he slams the book shut. But then a strange smile creeps over his face as he goes to open it, and he opens right to his page. 
A single strand of hair falls out of place in his perfect center part, and his scalp breathes all the freer for it. Back in the belfry! Bello, you're dealing with the mixed of your mixed success as you are knocked back from the force of impact, and you lose your footing. You begin to fall off of the bell, and because you're both holding the staff, you bring Albie with you. Duh. Hi everyone, Joe from Rude Tales of Magic here. You might ask yourself, what do I do when I'm not playing fan-favorite character Bello on the hit podcast Rude Tales of Magic? Now, imagine you didn't ask yourself that. You asked me. What I'd tell you in this scenario is that when I'm not recording the hit podcast Rude Tales of Magic, I'm making incredible content for the Rude Tales of Magic Patreon. That's right, Patreon. By becoming a Patreon subscriber, you not only support the making of our hit podcast, Rude Tales of Magic, you also get access to all that amazing content I described earlier. From patron-only podcasts like our behind-the-scenes show, Rude Talks of Chatting, and one-shot games with the cast, to original show art you won't see anywhere else, there's cool new stuff popping up on our Patreon every week. Plus, subscribing gets you access to our private Rude Tales Discord server, where you can chat with other fans of the hit podcast, Rude Tales of Magic. And hey, maybe you'll even see me over there. So head to patreon.com slash magic today and become a patron, or you will, and I mean this, regret it for the rest of your life. Now, if we were talking in person, you would say, thank you, Joe, for this gift of knowledge. I owe you a life debt. And I would say, you're welcome. I am personally super stoked. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. ...to talk about this next podcast because this next podcast, they're friends of the show. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Critical Bits. What? Critical Bits? Tim, what are you talking about? Shh. Rest your weary head and listen to this. Critical Bits is a teenage superhero body horror actual play podcast set in the fictional town of Heavendale, where villains vastly outnumber heroes because most of the town's heroes were killed by a giant spider. Critical Bits stars Shelby Lee as neurotic overachiever Alex, Paul Byron as high school drug dealer Jerry, Shannon Strucci as teenage ex-villain Kim, and the show is run by GM Joel Ruiz, who sets the show's tone as a darkly funny satire taking place in a capitalist hellscape. New episodes every 
every other Tuesday on all major platforms. There's fan art, a getting started guide, and more at criticalbitcast.com. And you can also find the show on Twitter at, at criticalbitcast. They are on season three with around 60 episodes total in their backlog, with tons of guest episodes, including guest appearances from multiple Rude Tales cast members. I'm, I'm one of those cast members. Branson is one of those cast members. Joe was one of those cast members. Recently, Carly is one of those cast members. This is huge. And more to come, uh, based on what we've talked about personally, yeah, most likely. Um, these, uh, we love Critical Bits. They are truly our friends of the show. They are truly so nice and funny and cool. And uh, you just can't go wrong jumping into their insane world. Um, so check out Critical Bits as soon as you can. At the sound of the gong, Cordelia looks straight up with Nest just shit falling into her face. Um, she peeks an eye and she sees Albie and Bello start to fall and she reaches as far as she can out away from the vine that she's on and she holds out a hand in hopes that one of them will grab it. So Cordelia, Sasquatch, big creature, eight feet tall, got long arms. My man. They're falling slow. Yeah. Things are, I, I tell you this, normal person was doing this, I'd say, fuck no. I would say this doesn't work. But you're so tall. And you've, you've been role-playing at the whole... You've been really been role-playing this as a tall character. So oh God, I will thank let you. you. Ro- yeah, of course. Of course. I, the work, it shines through. <laughs> you reach out for them, and I have you make a dexterity roll. <laughs> All right. Somebody start making some other plans. Okay. Uh, I got a six. Cordelia, you got these long arms. You got long arms out to tomorrow, but unfortunately they're falling in the day after tomorrow. You just miss them. You can feel it. You feel There's almost a connection there. You and Albie's hands, they almost touch. Almost. But they don't. They don't. They don't connect. And you watch in horror as Albie and Bello begin to fall. No! <laughs> She's done it once. Uh, Cordelia is going to loosen her hand on the vine and just start sliding down. The camera moves over to Frederick de Bonesby. De Bonesby throws up his fingers and electricity crackles between his bony knuckles and he grabs at the bat to perform a shocking grasp. The shock moves right through Regina Dentata. She sends it out uh, through the ed- other end of her. Fool! I fly in the lightning all the time! It's still hurt, I can tell. That didn't feel good, no! It's Stir Fry's turn. Stir Fry reaches into the bag and grabs the first fluffy thing he can feel, which is the Bonesby's old wig. He pulls it out and stuffs it right into Regina's ear hopefully deafening her so she don't know what to do no more. Then he then he uh, uh, rolls out from behind her and runs as far as he can in the opposite direction. She has insane perception. It's extremely good. And you've dampened it. It's about, it's about half what it used to be. Her audio acuity has been uh, dampened here. Excellent move. It's now Regina's turn. She is going to uh, she's going to try to make an attack at DeBonesby now. She did get a nat 20. Mm, that'll hit. It does hit, and I'm going to say because her it's dampened. This nat twenty is a guess. She does not know uh, exactly what she's doing, and she just gets fucking lucky as she uh, she reaches out 
and she's gonna take a uh, a big old swipe at Bonesby with her uh, her palm that has the uh, the crossbow bolt stuck into it. She's gonna use that to her own advantage. She's gonna swipe at Bonesby, so the crossbow bolt will also be like scraping him as she does an attack here. Okay, she's gonna do eleven damage. <laughs> Uh, Bonesby shrieks in agony, total pain, and he feels a demonic energy rise up to create a hellish rebuke, but he stops it. We cut now to Bello. Bello, you're falling. What are you going to do? What is it going to be? Bello is frantically trying to think of something he can do to stop this fall, to get to the other side, to do something. He's going to think back to his druidic magic, and he's going to reach out to the wooden platform, and he's going to cast Entangle and hope that the vines will shoot out in time so that he can grab onto them and pull himself and Albie to safety. So you've tried this before, this exact maneuver, back at Thirsty Falls. And it failed. Absolutely ate shit. But... You've learned from your mistakes. Bello, you remember exactly how strong those vines need to be. And Joe, you managed to roll quite a bit better. These vines take the shape of their environment and sprout forth like roots and branches out of the wood binding the planks of the platform back together like bones knitting themselves together after a break. You mend the platform into something warped and rickety, but good enough. Albie, your turn. Albie feels the air rushing around her, and she closes her eyes, breathing in deeply and remembering her monk training. You hear Bento's voice in your head say, Remember, grabbing stuff is very important. Nobody ever talks about this, but grabbing stuff, it's a big part of being a monk. She, she, um, manipulates the air around them using slow fall to slow their descent even more, just enough to reach out and grab one of those vines. You got it. <sighs> you and Bella, locked in embrace, are, uh, you're suspended. I'd say, uh, 790 feet in the air now. Cordelia squeezes the vine and comes to a dead stop, uh, sort of level right with them, and says, what's good? Albie just saved us. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Holy shit, that's, I'm so glad. Okay, uh, I guess I'll meet y'all back up there. Cool, cool. And she starts climbing back up the vine. Cordelia, <laughs> I swear to Jesus Christ himself. You need to get out of that bell. <laughs> I'll keep attacking this bat in the meantime. Ooh, let's try something a little different. You fly in the lightning, but you fly in poison and acid. And he pops out some uh, acid bubbles at the bat. The acid hits uh, uh, Regina right in the face, and... Uh, Regina's face gets all fucked up. Unfortunately, that's what we in the business call a lateral move. Sturfy shuffles back and points his crossbow right at the back of her head and then points just a little bit down, right where the back of the skull reaches the neck. He tenses his little bird finger and takes a deep breath in, out, and then pulling in. At the top of that breath, fires. Um, that hits... 22. <gasps> 28. 
28 damage? Yeah. Fantastic, you do 28 damage. That crossbow goes right into the back of her skull and you, you fuck up the back of her brain. For 28 damage, you knock her out bad. She loses this hearing power that she has. She can't do it anymore. It's gone. I mean, she can hear, but she can hear like you and I. I can't do echolocation. Can you, Tim? Well, actually, I've been thinking about how I can attempt the damage. Canonically, you cannot! And okay, uh, yeah, well, yeah. we, and neither can she now. You've taken away her echolocation. She's still got some hit points on her, but she can't do her little clicky-click. We're about to find out why, because it's her turn. She's going to try to attack you now. <laughs> so, oh, Jesus. She's going to try to attack you now. She rolls with disadvantage. Keep it in. She rolls with disadvantage. Ooh, you're going to love that disadvantage. She misses you. She goes to bite you, and she just bites into the air. Nothing. Nothing happens. Stir fry. You don't get bit. Bello, it's your turn. <laughs> Come on, Elby. We're going back up to the platform because it's, you know, safer. Yeah. Uh, that's a 17. Just from the role play Joe has been doing and from I'm taking fan art into consideration here, he's got a lot of upper body strength. He is able to do this. Well, a 17 is absolutely going to work here. He crawls up the vines. You make it onto the wooden platform. As Cordelia started climbing up the vine, she remembered what DeBonesby had said about getting out of there. So uh, she's looking around and she starts to swing using her abs, which she has. Yes. And she starts swinging back and forth. And at the apex of a swing, she's going to try to jump onto the platform that Joe is on. Uh, and that Bello is on. <laughs> Joe, Lepore Joe is, is on there that. too and is like, wait, where, how? <laughs> Joe disappears into the role, you know. 18 plus. Plus? Three. Three? Which is 21. Woo! I'm so glad I got that right. Math fans would be livid. For a 21, <laughs> a clean arc. You do it. I don't know if they've ever seen you move like this. You 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 swing, you let go of the vine. You're in the air for a minute there. But you know you're landing. And you do. You land on the platform right next to Bello, played by Joe Lepore. My man. Good job getting back from the bell. Now, Ooh. let's head back over to the bell so we can ring it. Let's to the bell. <laughs> Thank you, Cordelia. And uh, DeBonesby uh, takes a tiny silver of glass and pinches it and aims his finger right up into the center of the bell, summoning a whirlwind of blades to clear out all of that nest and goop. The sound of a garbage disposal, but much bigger, are heard coming out from the inside of the bell as a as it just fucking cleans house on the inside of this bell. Large amounts of, of debris and stick and dirt and uh, and, and uh, uh, shit uh, all fall. Oh, uh, that was the other co- cohesive agent of this nest. <laughs> all fall out. And that eggs, oh no! They fall out of the uh, of the bell and they they wily coyote down to the ground below. The inside of the bell has been completely cleaned. The space is clean. Let it ring true. Stir Fry runs as far away from the bat as he can. He is just going to run under her legs uh, and then in the other direction. But he's going to, like, move around so it's, like, hard to get him. It's going to be, like, and he's going to, like, move in one direction and then move in the other direction. You get away from her. 
you do it. You not. She's been left alone. It's her turn now. She doesn't know where you are. She doesn't know where you went. She doesn't know where anybody is. She's going to turn and she is going to roll uh, the bones. But you are the closest person to her. She's going to roll uh, to attack you, but she's rolling with disadvantage. That's a fifteen. Ooh. She's flailing around. She has no idea what's going on. What's up? What's I mean, she knows what's up and down. You don't lose that. But uh, she's going to do. Oh my god, 13 damage. The bone speed shrieks and it's slammed into the wall. And like, you can hear his bones cracking. He's at, he's at six hit points. Uh, Bello, your turn. He's gonna get right back on the horse and take a running leap back at the bell. Fantastic! You uh, you leap out of the bell. You land on the. We already know that this works. You land on the bell. What's going to happen on the bell? So Bello finds his balance and is just standing on the edge of the on the slope of the bell. Mm-hmm. And so he's got the quarterstaff in both hands and he raises it above his head and he just comes down on it as hard as he can. With all his force and energy, he hopes to ring out with a new justice, a new law for rule saving. ring explodes out of the bell like a pimple the size of a haystack echoing the pus of the sweet sounds of lawlessness out over the entire city you shake loose centuries of moss and grime and cobwebs and laws the vibrations from the bell magically polish the bell itself as it shines like the day it was born the triumphant chimes of anarchy fill the air for miles and miles pranksters in the switchblades hear the sound, and they instinctively take off their jester hats and hold them to their chests. Their national anthem is playing as they all rise. Back in Ruleshaven, a married woman with teeth so clean it's caused her problems falls from a ladder onto the shoulders of a man as broad as he is married. Elsewhere in town, an old man with a very fetching ascot stands impatiently. He's in line for his daily vote. He looks down at his ballot. There's only one option. Ebenezer Whitehead, and it's been checked. The man smiles mischievously as he tears up his ballot and steps out of line. What a naughty, willful boy am I, he laughs to himself, before doing the dance where you put your hands on your knees and you move them back and forth. We cut over to a high-income part of town where we see a 53-year-old woman surrounded by muscular men in large hats with their shirts all tucked in. She strums a guitar. She's got something on her mind, and it's about to be everybody's problem. Elsewhere in town, a building bursts into flames before I can even tell you what the sign on the building said. Too slow, Branson. We cut over to a lonely room in a high tower, where a human-sized spider sits sadly in an elegant dress. She looks at a vanity mirror in one of her eight hands, and as she catches her own reflection in it, something miraculous happens. But then it's gone as soon as she casts her gaze back out over the city. She sighs as she hears the bell. She knows it's not ringing for her. Ooh, where am I going with that one? Stay tuned! The spell is broken, and cheers ring out through the city. 
People are little ants down there to you. You can barely make them out. But you can see, what's this? One man seems to be riding another man like a horse? You have destroyed the rules of Rules Haven. Congratulations. Sick. Cordelia holds out her palm and she makes several bubbles that pop up out of her hand and she looks around. Nothing happens. No alarms or sound. <laughs> Albie cheers. Woohoo! Good job, Bello! Thanks. Um, so did we think that we could make new rules? What? What? I said, did we think that we could make new rules? Ooh, give it a shot. Um, uh, okay. Um, new, new rule. Bello, your voice as you say new rule. It booms out over the entire city for all to hear. Um, yeah, new rule. Anyone is free to come and go from rules shaven uh, as they please. The show celebrates its very first clock wipe transition to one neighborhood over, where we see a human sized cockroach in a scarf looks out to the bell tower and nods. Hey, baby, if you say so. He walks proudly towards the rule shaven city gate, inhales, and walks out. He takes no damage as he walks clean out of the narrative. We don't know what'll happen to this man next, but one thing's for certain. It's none of our fucking business. You hear cheers coming down from eh, the rule-shaven direction. They seem happier about it than the rest of the town. In uh, fact, Bello's... you hear boos from the rest of the town. There, <laughs> but Even the boos fill Bello with some new confidence, and he says, yeah, and uh, a new rule. Um, universal five weeks of vacation. Closer to the center of town, a scratching sound begins echoing out of a stone well. Two hands slowly appear at the lip, and a gaunt man who looks too sick to die pulls himself out. He's soaking wet and trembling. He looks directly into the camera at you and says, My name's Wet Beep and I'm here to say, I live in the well and scare the rats away. The name of my job is the Rat Scaring Freak, but I'm taking it off. For the next five weeks, I'll return to my well at the end of that time. And as of today, that is not a crime. If the rats have returned in these 35 days, I will not be perturbed. That's just the price that I pays. He curtly nods and walks off to the gates of the city without so much as pausing for an applause. Yeah! Nice. Wow! I love that. And then, and then, and, and, oh yeah, and don't forget, a uh, new rule. It is illegal to be a witch hunter in Rulesaven. <gasps> yeah! On penalty of imprisonment. <laughs> <laughs> Yo! Okay! Whoa. That's a rule, you made the rule! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs>
Yes! Wow. Should I make any other rules? I think I'm pretty good at it. Maybe I have a career as a legislator. What? Yeah, Alvi. Alvi. And she says, Alvi is turning it. And Cordelia. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, this is a mess. I'm sorry. You go first. Cordelia turns to Alvi and she goes, I kind of get it. Right? Alvi is going to like run over to Cordelia and do like a little, like she's going to like hook her arm into Cordelia's arm and like, like start like uh, running around in a circle, like a little circle dance. Oh yeah. They're trotting and whooping. Whooping? Yeah. Woo. <laughs> to Bonesby, what you see, Regina Dentata is no longer a bat. She transforms like the beast. It's exactly the same as the beast. It's We yes. use the same animation. And yes. uh, <laughs> we fucking try and sue us. It's a imagination. Light, light coming out of a foot. And she reveals herself to be a human being. Who looks like a bat, though. You can see how whatever turned her into a bat chose bat. She definitely got, like, bat features. Her hair still in a ponytail. She looks around. She rubs her eyes, no longer milky. And she's, she's what, what's going on? Cordelia hears Regina talk in her human voice, and she turns looking down uh, at the platform where they are, and she yells, Regina! Regina's going to call back, whom? I am Cordelia Sasquatch, um, and... Whom is your last name? Dentata! Oh yeah, fuck, never mind. <laughs> Regina Dentata! Hi, Bello. The sight of Hot Bello sends her reeling. She shrieks as images flood her eyes, sending her into sensory overload. The sight of Bello's hotness kaleidoscopes in her brain. She drops the Bonesby's wig as she scurries off below into the shadow. Uh, Stir Fry holding his side. He's been wounded bad. He walks up and grabs this disgusting old wig and he looks to the to, to Bonesby. <coughs> You're afraid. Um, she might still hear us. All right, just give me. You want this shit? The, the, fil- the filthy wig? Yeah. That you just stuffed into a bat's ear? No! Yeah, okay. Stirfry throws it. Stirfry throws it off uh, into the 800-foot drop. There you go. I don't know why you kept this so long. (laughs) It was was an internal conversation. I should have just said out loud. (laughs) What the fuck ever, man. Stirfry turns to, uh, to Bonesby. Stirfry turns, uh, and he starts fiddling at his uh, at his clothes. How you doing, man? You doing okay? Come on, Fred. What's it? You, you need help here? He starts like uh, buttoning buttons that were unbuttoned. He starts like straightening out sort of stuff that was uh, ruffled in the fight. Thank you, Stirfry. My clothes are the least of my worries at the moment. I feel on death's door. I am in need of healing magic. Uh, Stirfry also leans against the walls. Like, yeah. <sighs> me too, uh, me too, sir. <clears throat> yeah, me too, Frederick. Hey, Bello, can you do your thing, please? Hold on, I'm making laws. Oh, hey, Bello, I've got um, a suggestion. Okay. Uh, how about uh, um, universal basic income? 
and uh-huh. what? free no, healthcare. No, now hold on just a minute, Cordelia. <laughs> yeah, do it, Mello, do it. If you don't it. have an incentive to work, okay, then society will crumble. Jeez, how did... Ugh, I've spent too much time with this person. But anyway, you can do whatever you want, Bella. You, um, you can make things really easy on folks. It's all on you, Bella. Are you going to turn this place into a paradise? Or are you going to turn it into hell? Maybe they should just be allowed to govern themselves and not be stuck for centuries like this. That sounds like free market stuff. I don't like that. And of course, there are difficulties in self-representational government as well. You don't like the idea that they can govern themselves? No, I just just am afraid that companies will take that as... Companies will... Never mind. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Maybe invest in the education system. That's the core of all of it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if these laws can really impact the budget. I don't. I. I'm not. I don't have clarity on the bell rules. I think of- you could do that. I bet you could make a budget. Albie's getting oh, bored this- for the first time since <laughs> this adventure started. Yeah, this is getting complicated. Heavy lies the crown with a bell, I guess. You hear from 800 feet below you uh, a heckler call out. I don't got all fucking day here, buddy. What's my new rule? Uh, new rule. Uh. You cannot ride a man as a horse. Oh, fuck! And you hear a guy in agony. <laughs> Unless... He was riding his friend. Uh, uh. The, the person being ridden consents. Oh, fuck! Hey. Oh, no, he didn't! He didn't! And this guy explodes. <laughs> nice, fellow. That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, like, it's like taking some of the old, but mixing it with some of the new. Yeah. Uh, Albie's going to go over to Sir Fry and try to, like, sort of help him out a little bit. Uh, hey, hey, Albie. Uh, great job. Great job. Uh, Aw, thanks. I didn't really do much. I um, know. You did everything. You're incredible. Uh, you, did, you, you did it. Did I Did I call Cordelia mommy? Were you there for that? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, Just that's like a now. whole thing. That's like a whole thing for her. Oh, re- fuck. See, as the adrenaline is, dr- is like dipping down, I'm sort of remembering some of the things that just happened. See, whew, right. Yeah, well, I think we all did some stuff we kind of wish we didn't do or say. Ooh, gossip. What did you do? What did you say? Please tell me. That's okay. Tell me, 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 please. I need gossip. Elvie's just like wrapping. She's removed one of her wrist wraps and is just wrapping it around Sir Fry's wound. It stings. It doesn't really. I just like always say. I always like it when they say that. You know, when someone puts a wound, they go, "Oh, it stings." I've always wanted to say that. So, ooh, it stings. It doesn't really sting. While while uh, Stirfry and Albie have been talking, Bello has issued a series of new rules, (laughs) establishing a comprehensive social safety net (laughs) and a lot of um, uh, social justice reforms. Um, But he he now he now speaks out one more rule and says a new rule if a bully mancer bullies a new father on the day of their child's birth that bully mancer does not become the legal parent of the child that bully mancer becomes the legal aunt or uncle and this law is retroactive The mood at the reverse cuckold is sanguine. Spontaneous arm wrestling contests are breaking out and escalating into extramarital affairs. People are using glass crutches shards to carve the date into their shoulder. 
scar tattoos. A wooden barrel is being passed around the bar, filled almost to its brim with keys. A DM less confident in the imagination of his audience would tell you what's in store with those keys, but not me. Go hog wild. The shouts of organization are heard out in the streets of Ruleshaven, and many begin to run out to answer the call. But the camera lingers inside. Hot Roddy casts his gaze down into his beer, downs it in one sip. Another! Rangoon slides him a beer. Hot Roddy, why don't you want to go outside? Didn't you hear? It's safe to leave a rule shaven. All the rules have been lifted. Hot Roddy doesn't look up from his beer. Yeah, I heard. I heard every one of those fucking rules. Something shimmers in Hot Roddy's eyes, but not something we've ever seen before. He finishes his beer. Hit me! Ex post facto. You got him with the ex post facto. <laughs> and and with that, uh, Bello leaps off the bell. Uh, can you make an athletics roll? Uh, 12. <laughs> you just get it, dude. <laughs> Ooh. That is not as smooth as you want it to be. Uh, trip off the Cordelia, bell. grab me, grab me, grab me. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. <sighs> oh. Did I make good laws? You did really good, Bello. Thanks. Cordelia's just going to sort of scan scan the landscape and see... I'll tell you what you see. You see a town in chaos. Beautiful anarchy fills the air as you look out over Ruleshaven. The air is lighter, like how it was when you first stepped into Ruleshaven. Little columns of smoke rise up from the streets, and even some of the homes. That's right, some homes are burning. That's okay. There's enormous commotion out in the streets... You hear music and shouting and the beautiful din of life. Those people down even further below you than normal are like ants to you now. Or I guess they're more like grasshoppers playing outside all day. Winter will never come. A balloon floats past your head. Is there a jail? Um, yeah, there is a jail. I'd like to go there next. Ah, yes. Quite the rude tale, indeed. That was Ali Fisher as Cordelia, Carly Monardo as Albie, Christopher Hastings as Frederick de Bonesby, Tim Platt as Stir Fry, Joe Lepore as Bellow, and Branson Reese as everything and everyone else. Rude Tales of Magic is produced by Taylor Moore, that fortunate horse. He sounds nice. With additional sound design by Michael Gelfi, and with the infinite dark beneficence of Sidney and Benjamin Paul. See you next time, weary traveler, when you most desire even more. Somewhere far from the love of the gods, a large wooden desk sits in a collegiate office. Papers clutter the desk, almost obscuring a framed picture of a wife. 
A high-backed chair faces out a large window, looking out over a sea of blood. The chair swivels around. There you are. That was a HeadGum Podcast.